live from New York. It's Ask an Engineer with the only um, baby DJ. Baby DJ, DJing all night long, uh, hitting bottle service for sure. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're here on tonight's Ask Engineer. Thanks to Melissa for covering show and tell. Uh, it's back to us. We're broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan in the secret Adafruit Baby headquarters, <laughs> where we do a lot of our designing and electronics and testing and coding and videoing and more. We got a fun show for you coming up. Got lots of new products and discount codes coming out. Not, uh, is that out yet? Uh, don't ask videos and more. Yeah, what's going on, Mr. Lady Ada? Why don't you tell them what's on tonight's show? On tonight's show, the code is Quad Row Ten. Um, Quad Row Ten. It'll all make sense as you check out the new products towards the end of the show. Talk about some of our live shows, including Show and Tell. Um, also go over some Desk of Lady Ada, including Great Search, Time Travel, Look Around Makers, Artists, Hackers, Engineers. We had some visitors. We'll talk about that. Uh, go over one of the openings that we have here at Adafruit. Uh, do a little bit of advanced manufacturing in New York City factory footage. Do some 3D printing. Do some IMPI brought to you by DigiKey this week. It's ST. You got a fun top secret segment and a bunch of new products. You can put your questions over in Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. That's where you answer the questions. Please go over there. All that and more on Ask an Engineer. So um, first up, the video that you saw, that was our kiddo playing with this thing called Blipbox. It's a MIDI um, like toddler synth. So we're getting uh, her started really early. And then what I did is I took the video that I shot and the first 10, 15 seconds with a, an app called Runway ML, you can take video and then have it turn into another type of video using you know all this AI stuff people are talking about. And you um, can put a prompt. So I put um, like baby DJ cyber, cyberpunk. Um, so here's what it, what it cranked out. <laughs> And then if you want to see them side by side, um, you could see what it did. So, it, you know, it stylized the video. Um, Interesting music. to see. Yeah, it definitely has like a, like, a, you can tell it's like, oh, that's like an AI style. Um, so that's kind of neat. And, uh, you know, hmm. debate aside, um, or just to acknowledge it. So this is our own footage with our own kid, with our music. Um, there'll be some type of uh, incredibly cruel, terrible person saying this is stealing somehow. Uh, don't think it is, but um, good luck with that. Um, so I feel like it's applying a stylized filter to a video that I shot. But anyways, because um, you know we we're on social media and there's always roaming gangs of uh, I don't know what other way to describe it than just like really cruel, mean people that don't like anything. Anyways, um, nice to be them. Yeah, so, um, we do uh, freebies and we have a discount code. Uh, Quadrotin is a discount code tonight. Um, Lady Ada, when people buy stuff, they put it in their cart. What do they get? Oh, they get free stuff. So we have our full selection of freebies still. $99 or more, you get a free Permaproto half-size breadboard. It's our classic freebie, um, but still very useful. Great for taking your project and making it permanent. $149 or more, you get a free KB2040, our RP2040 board that is Pro Micro pinout and has USB-C and built-in memory and semi-QT port, Castellade pads, $199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping on continental United States. More about that soon. 
and $2.99 or more, you get a Circuit Playground Express. That's right, our favorite development board that has all sorts of goodies built in and can be used with alligator clips for no solder connectivity is back in stock and we're giving it away free. Oh, um, I'll mention this right now. We'll just go ahead and jump to it. So the Teamsters today uh, via Twitter, uh, everyone's favorite place to put out um, new, new news. Um, is uh their strike is imminent so for the folks who um follow kind of shipping news ups may be on strike uh they've given ups uh till june 30th which is friday to come up with a tentative agreement you're probably wondering since they defer uses ups what will we do don't worry we have uh united parcel service united uh postal service and dhl and we're also flipping the switch on fedex for that period of time um if there's a strike uh, but we also want to add some other shipping options down the road so this is a good reason to do that we'll see what happens we'll keep everybody posted um it doesn't look good for anyone involved my opinion is uh it's because surely we can get to something without the threat of like all commerce stopping and who does it hurt the most if there's really a strike it'll probably be small businesses because amazon can amazon. yeah amazon can just they have their own fleet they have their own things so there'll be a lot of small businesses that rely on ups so if there is a strike it'll be not great and uh shipping costs across the board have gone up for everyone um you can subsidize it and do fake things with um kind of like how a publicly held company can do things like amazon is an example um, but even Amazon has had to raise the prices on shipping and Prime. I think they're in some type of lawsuit right now with the FTC. So it's just a slog if you ship things. Um, but we uh, like to make sure we're not relying on one thing um, or one entity or one carrier or one ship or, you know, we've lived a life over the last few years. So if that does happen, don't worry about it. You'll still be able to get stuff from us. And there'll be an overnight shipping option, which is which is FedEx. So we'll see. Um, so that's the, uh, the the news that Pedita was referring to. Um, we do some live shows uh, on Sundays. We do Desk of Lady Ada. Uh, we do it in two parts. Pedita, what was part one this week? Um, okay, so part one I talked about um, last week. I got the PCBs for my Toy Hacker board, Web A. Um, and that's always um, fun because uh, you get to put together and see if it works. And it kind of worked. Uh, kind of didn't work either. But I got enough of it going that I could I shut off a demo of um, playing audio files and how I did it with the mixer to reduce the volume. Um, and then I talked about the power supplies. The power supply, I, I made a couple assumptions uh, that were incorrect. And I kind of knew they were incorrect, but I was like, well, I just want to get this out the door. Uh, so I had to blue wire hack the board. Um, so I showed the changes that I made. And what I'm going to do in RevB, so I've ordered the RevB PCBs, uh, and hopefully that version will not only um, have the audio playing, but also will be able to run off of battery power, because that's what doesn't work with so well with um, WebA. But, you know, um, I like to show what I do wrong, because I think a lot of people will learn from it, um, and how to um, fix mistakes and, and how to adapt and, and keep going. Um, I've had designs that take 9, 10 revisions, so I think it's all going to take about three or four uh, before I get it perfect. Okay. And then uh, we also do the the great search, which is uh, when Lady Ada uses her power of engineering to help you find things on digikey.com. Uh, what did you look for this week? Mm, uh, so this week, one of the things with the toy hacker board um, is it's got a really weird power supply, which is why I didn't get it quite right the first time. Um, it can run off of USB-C power. You plug it into the computer and it's going to, you know, have USB-C uh, power and data come in. So that's five volts. And then 
It also can run off of the two AA batteries that are used in the enclosure. And that's going to be like two to 3.4 volts. So I wanted to find, um, or 3.5 volts. I wanted to find on um, the, uh, the Great Search, a chip that could give me 3.3 volt out cleanly from something as low as 1.8 or as high as 5.5 volts. So these are called um, buck boost converters or single ended uh, power integrated circuits, SEPIC converters. So um, I showed a bunch of uh, good buck boost converters with synchronous rectification. So minimal parts required, fixed voltage output. So really like very simple, um, only like three components needed to get this thing running, you know, the chip, couple capacitors and inductor. Uh, and I found a couple good options uh, to try out. So if you have a power supply that might go above or below the output voltage, um, you know, I think the chip I found was like 70 cents. It's about the same price as a, a boost converter or a buck converter, and it can do both. You know, tune in every single week for this. And you can also um, tag us or email us if you want to see something on the great search. Uh, if you're looking for a substitution or just like, hey, I'm looking to do the following. What part should I get? Um, that's what the show's for. And we have a lot of uh, success stories with people being able, well, definitely during the chip shortage, being able to substitute parts. But now it's just like, hey, I'm looking to do this. What should I get? And then Lady Ada goes through kind of all the knobs and uh, dials of the DigiKey search to get you yeah. what you're looking for. And lots, and it's, you know, there's other stuff. It's amazing. It's like 50,000 stuff. And I'm like, yes, yeah, actually right. design something with this. All right. And then on Fridays, we have Deep Dive with Tim. And also on Discord with our show listings, we added Tim's uh, show that it, uh, Tim does on the weekends sometimes. Um, time <laughs> travel. All right. The, um, you know, the, the phrase that you hear, nature's healing. Um, things are happening. So we're seeing more and more people um, visit or travel now, because I know it's been kind of a, a slog one. There's been uh, conferences that have been starting up again. Also, um, companies and entities are like, okay, um, you know, there's there's still stuff going on between, you know, COVID and whatever, but um, the, the show's moving on. Um, so we've had some visitors. Uh, we had Zach from Particle, we had Eric from Seed, and then um, and Toby Scott and Dan, yeah, Scott and Dan visited Toby from Raspberry Pi, and then uh, Evan from Raspberry Pi. And uh, here is our kiddo. Um, this is our new um, pose. So if uh, we have a friend visiting the Adafruit factory, um, we're going to use baby for scale. So um, you know, you could see how how baby's getting bigger over time. You see that? Yeah, well, the previous one, she's uh, kind of escaping me. Yeah, she's, she's, like, she's bye. a little bit of a fidgeter. Bye. Actually, she wanted to. Um, she wanted Toby to hold her. Yeah. So um, special thanks to the Raspberry Pi folks who've been visiting. Um, Liz was up before, uh, Alstar, uh, also uh, Brian Jepson, who just joined from uh, LinkedIn. Prior to that was at O'Reilly Make. I used to work with Brian a long time ago. Now Brian works in the documentation division department. And uh, it was good to catch up with uh, Raspberry Pi. And uh, there's some cool stuff ahead. Yeah. And they're also working on some neat stuff. And uh, and we're getting, getting to the shortage. Yeah. I mean, we're, they, they were like, here's our plans. We're going to, we're making so many Raspberry Pis. Yeah. They're doing a good job with uh, keeping up with demand. Um, so we've had Raspberry Pis in stock and they've lasted, you know, half an hour up to an hour before they've been sold out. I did see some news, which, you know, whatever. It's not fun to delight in other people's misery, but this one might be okay. So there's folks who uh, bought up a bunch of Raspberry Pis because they were hoping to sell them for like $200 or $300. 
and they're contacting the RPI locator Twitter account. They're saying, hey, um, where can I sell these? Because I'm kind of stuck with them now. And uh, he's kind of like, you know, you're you were the problem. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, like there was a shortage, but it wasn't a short. It it, it was exacerbated by people who were hoarding them, yeah. trying to sell them for higher costs. Please don't do that. Yeah, and uh, as far as like, you know, we've been at this uh, for like 15 years with Adafruit, and we've gotten like we've had to call the cops on like threats to Lamore. Like people have sent weird shit in the mail, um, gross stuff. Um, people showed up. There has been like, you know, like stuff that's really hard to talk about because like oh like hey go into electronics this could happen to you um it doesn't really happen to, to guys it usually happens to, to to women um harassers and stalkers online um but the raspberry pi stuff was the worst there was really entitled guys that thought that they deserved five raspberry pies they were mean to our support team calling them names threatening them um some people showed up they lied to the the um, security staff at the building to try to get past them um, you name it, it happened. And so there's something weird about um, people now. Um, I think this is a new thing. And so I'm looking forward to when it's over as far as like Raspberry Pi is not being able to be purchased uh, instantly. I think we're always going to stock Raspberry Pi, but um, you know, I, I would prefer if someone's going to be um, terrible, just get it from somewhere else. I mean, like, I there's some, and I hope there's some guy out there who has like 500 Raspberry Pi 4s and like 16 ventilators <laughs> and like a big truck of like N95 masks. There's a little bit of that. Um, I think there's something that like people, when they're, they don't have creative outlets or they don't have friends or family or community, the thing that they try to do is um, figure out what their angle is. Like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hoard all these Raspberry Pis. I'm going to then sell them for a higher price and and that's where i'm going to get my um fulfillment and it's kind of sad um so you know hopefully um this is over and uh you know we're fine but um there was some psychic damage to this um that i'm looking forward to ending so it was good to see more light at the end of the tunnel with raspberry pi and kind of confirm some of the stuff that uh, we were seeing which is more more supply uh let's do some health wanted so we have um a job that a few people applied for at the we have, we have like that song is like we've got letters like we have jobs yeah well this one <laughs> yeah this one the help wanted is um you know oh you have the help yeah a little bit of a little bit of help um so on our website right now this is uh embedded system development and we just go over this this is with adafruit.io um go to adafruit.com jobs and uh check it out um we just got a few resumes in and this is for remote uh you know per per hour um but we have a bucket of time that we want people to dedicate to it and a budget all the details are there if you're interested in doing stuff with, with adafruit io um that's what that's all about let's do some iphone hardwares okay this week um in the newsletter um just some uh I guess uh, logistic -y notes. Uh, Katney's going to be doing guest guest editing soon, so uh, give a shout out to Katney when you see Katney around either in our Discord or, or um, wherever. Send um, us or tag us with any news for the newsletter um, when we have guest editors. Anne's on vacation uh, for a couple weeks, so when we have guest editors, I, I always encourage them to um, you know have it be different. You know, put your own spin on it, your own voice. Um, and speaking of, uh, lots of Circuit Python folks doing podcasts and more. I kind of like this uh, new 
um, podcast interview uh, landscape that we have. If there's someone who's producing code or doing something really neat, there's probably a specific podcast that that they're getting interviewed on, whether it be video or audio. And uh, this is no exception. So CircuitPython with Ketney, um, you could check this out. And then um, with uh, the Real Python podcast, uh, Todd Kurt is there, which I'm going to listen to because I've known Todd. Who's this Todd, guy? I know Todd for a long time. This is and he always has neat, uh, neat projects, really insightful, always delightful, whimsical, has uh, like really neat things uh, that Todd shares with the world and then we see other people do cool stuff with it. So I'm looking forward to that when I have it lo loaded up. And then we went over some of our um, uh, toy hacking and more, because this is one of our new CircuitPython boards. It's a toy hacker board, so you can put this inside of uh, a baby toy. This is the first uh, baby toy running Python. It is, yeah, until someone you know someone says, oh, yells at me on Twitter. Um, we think it's the first Wi-Fi and CircuitPython or Python-enabled baby toy. And with, uh, we'll show a little clip later, we put uh, Taylor Swift on um the uh, uh the kids toy yeah so if you've seen these these are baby einstein take along and it just plays the same like seven songs so we have a drop-in replacement that you'll be able to put in there soon and uh it's a cool board this is also maybe it could teach product design and development um also a single single serving music player there's a lot of neat uses for it but you know we have a specific one um right now and then um, update for CircuitPython 8.2.0, release candidate zero. If you want to check out the latest, what's going on, um, here are some changes. There's Sins.io, and uh, there is a RP2040 alarm sleep memory um, fix change. Um, Please try it. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of tweaks, uh, and if there's any regressions, we want to find them. But uh, Sins.io continues apace. Yeah. And do check out all the news. There's a ton of things going on. Um, Make just reviewed some of our boards. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You, could, you could check out the board. Um, well, we finally have like a bunch of new hardware, you know, that's been yeah. out. And so Hackspace and Make yeah. have been um, covering them. Yeah, with the, uh, you know, supply chain, supply shortage, ch chip shortage kind of subsiding, you can see uh, more and more and more of uh, our boards. And uh, Make did a really good job reviewing it. Um, I think the DVI board is neat because, you know, plugs into to TVs. Well, yeah. And uh, well, well, I, obviously, I, you know, we, I can't talk about what um, Raspberry Pi may, have, may or may not have told us about their future products, but they said they really liked the Featherbones board. They were like, those yeah. are... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're under friend DA with them, so they'll have some announcements and more to check yes. out. Um, you can get uh, this from Adafruit Daily. Uh, it goes to your inbox every single week. No spam. We don't do anything. It's a completely separate site do check it out let's do some uh, open source hardware news lady ada um the first bit of news um and we'll go uh over, we'll have a little preview video in our top secret section but uh we have one of the new arduino uh r4s r3 yeah we got one of r4 um and um we're playing around with it uh i really like one of the things that we asked arduino for probably too much probably annoyed them is a stemma connector and it's there they had another connector that wasn't it was it was not what we all decided on like kind of collectively. it was like their maker connector but they never yeah. created anything that used it so um that's on there now and we'll uh show off in our top secret section some of the things that we're doing but that's good news for makers because if you have one of these or even if you don't your stuff will work um we we're part of the beta sort of with the um new r4 and we um we're probably going to talk to to renaissance 
soon. Um, we have some ideas for them, and maybe we'll do some hardware, port some stuff. We'll see. Is like the um, French pronunciation? Renaissance. Renaissance. Yeah, I think you're allowed to pronounce it any way you want. Um, so we have some guides, Lady Ada, what's on the big board this week from Adafruit. And okay, we're, gonna, we're catching up on our product guides. I did a bunch of hardware, and um, Katni and Liz, who do the product guides for me, um, for us, uh, have have you know been super busy with their projects and out on uh, holiday breaks, but we're almost cut up. So um, the I2C STEM IQT gamepad, little gamepad board uh, over I2C to make it really easy um, to uh, add analog joystick and six buttons uh, over STEM IQT. Hey, you can plug it into your Uno R4. Uh, that guide is live with code for Arduino and CircuitPython. Thanks, Katni. Um, from knowing Pedro, we've got um, a little case for the Feather DVI. So kind of cool if you want to make, you know, video output projects. Um, here's a strappable case so you can mount onto something. Um, under Phil's head is the iSpy, thank you, iSpy BFF uh, board. So if you have a, a cutie pie or a shell and you want to use any of our TFT displays, almost all of them now have this thing called an iSpy connector. It's a flex cable that makes it really, really easy to add displays without, like, all the wiring that you normally need to for like SPI, I squared C and GPIO, um, with lots of chip select pins and all that good stuff. So we have a little breakout board um, that'll make it easy to add displays. And then Melissa kind of did like a total redo of the RG matrix dreidel game, because we're going to come up with a new matrix portal board that's based on the S3. And uh, we went through and you wanted to make sure that all of our matrix portal guides would still work like, you know, re regression test. And Melissa just like, you know, plowed through all of them and found this is the only one that actually needed a hardware update because uh, it needs an I2S amplifier to do audio projects. And if you want to scroll, there's a couple more updates. Um, uh, we also did, uh, Carter did some updates to the Seesaw Guide. There's a lot of documentation that was missing. Uh, thanks to Carter for picking that up. And I think that's it. Okay. Everything do, else is just little updates. Do check it out. We have guides published every single week. Um, let's do some uh, factory footage. our factory footage this week we're doing a bunch of filming with some uh additional uh shots soon so you'll see even more um i'm still working through a lot of the the footage that we 
film and then we do stuff during the week too. Um, let's do some 3D printing. We're just going to jump right in. There's two videos. We have uh, one that's not even out yet on YouTube. So this is a world premiere and then we're going to do a speed up. Fresh tracks. You can display graphics and images to an external monitor with the Feather R2040 DVI. This Feather RP2040 has all the goodies you know and love, plus digital video output that will work with any HDMI monitor or display. It features the RP2040 chip with a DVI HDMI port, 8MB of Spy Flash, Stemma QT, onboard NeoPixel, and USB-C. Our 3D printed case secures the Feather in a compact enclosure without the need of any hardware screws. The top cover snap fits together with access to the Stemma QT port and features live hinges for the boot and reset buttons. All you need to get up and running is 5V USB power and an HDMI capable display. You can use the Display.io library in CircuitPython to quickly create projects that can display text, images, and animated graphics. With the Feather RP2040 DVI, you can display the REPL directly to your HDMI monitor so you can debug your code while developing your project. Display.io makes it easy to prototype your project so you can quickly get up and running. You can download 3D models of the Feather RP2040 DVI and design your own custom 3D printed projects. The Pico DVI wrapper for Arduino lets you develop projects using the Adafruit GFX library so you can draw lines, circles, and text to develop video-based projects. Download the library and Arduino and check out the code examples to get started. There's tons of retro-inspired screensavers such as an aquarium full of fish, classic flying toasters, an Amiga-inspired 3D bouncing ball, Max Headroom's glitching TV host, and the good old bouncing DVD logo. Check out the guide on the Adafruit Learning System for documentation, files, and demo code. We hope this inspires you to make video-based projects with the Feather RP2040 with DVI. Forget the code is quad root ten. We're gonna jump right into Ion MPI. Hi, on MPI. Ion MPI brought to you by DigiKey. This week it is ST. Leonardo, mm -hmm. what is Ion MPI this week? All right, this week's Ion MPI again from ST. Um, we covered their ST thirty two G zero series only a few months ago. Uh, but I've been waiting for this. Finally got it shipped to me a couple days ago, and I wanted to feature it. It's the new ST-Link V3 PWR Power. It's the power version of uh, the ST-Link, and it's kind of neat because um, we're definitely seeing a lot more people doing low power and power thoughtful design. And so having a debug probe that has power monitoring built in is kind of a no-brainer. 
Um, so this is, you know, again, everything you love about ST links. Um, they're great for programming and debugging your STM chips. It's very inexpensive compared to a J-Link and of course works with all of the ST software, STM32 cube. Um, it's got uh, SWD JTAG programming and uh, high quality battery monitoring and sorry, power monitoring and power supplying. So it can supply um, adjustable voltage output on the terminal blocks. I'll show those. And it can measure the amount of current being drawn uh, using software tools and uh, for a really great price. Um, so uh, one, you know, the top feature says one quadrant source measurement. It can only source, it doesn't sync current, but that's not a big deal. Um, you can have the programmable voltage be from 1.6 to 3.6 volts, which is you know basically uh, a single AA battery, maybe two AA batteries, a couple of uh, um, coin cells, a coin cell or a lithium ion or lithium polymer. You can have um, up to 500 milliamps out and it can um, sample the data at up to 100 kilosamples per second. So you'll catch all those little spikes, especially if you're doing wireless, where, you know, there's a spike of current when um, you first uh, scan or connect your radio, you'll be able to catch that, no problem. Um, and then uh, there's also auxiliary output uh, for power up to 2 amps. We'll talk about um, some of the details of that. That's if you're you want to... Uh, power um, one subsystem, say a motor with three volts and you want to power the main board with a separate three volts so you can monitor them separately, um, that's possible. And of course, it's got all the um, ST-Link stuff that you know and love. So um, JTAG, SWD programming um, at high speeds with you know lots of um, breakpoints, works with... Um, you know, uh, I think it works with GDB as well as STM32 cube and open OCD and all that good stuff. Um, USB-C, high power, and uh, software available for Windows, Mac, and Linux. Um, this is part of the family of ST-Link uh, debug system, uh, debug probes. So, you know, a lot of people probably are familiar with the V1 or V2, uh, you know, low-cost um, debug probes. They do have um, a variety of different ones. This one is the PWR, it's the second one there, where it can have adjustable voltage and um, energy profiler. Whereas the others, um, while they can be used for, all of them can be used for programming, but you know, it looks like it doesn't, this one doesn't have drag and drop. So it doesn't show up as like a COM port, like a, sorry, a mass storage device where you can drag a hex file on, um, sort of similar to a micro bit. Um, with this one, you can only connect through, uh, I used STM32 program. Um, to use this, you'll have to download uh, the software. It runs on a desktop, and um, that's good because it means you can log data. I mean, it's very easy to use a um, oscilloscope or a multimeter to get uh, pinpoint power usage. But again, for IoT devices, and I'll show an example, um, you really do need to have um, high frequency, um, a high frequency sampling system that will tell you how much current is being used in order to determine how much overall power and how long your um, LiPo battery is going to run. So this is the application when you run it. Um, you can select which COM port. It uses a COM port to communicate uh, data back and forth. I didn't immediately find um, your documentation on the, the protocol. 
one thing to note, um, I couldn't run this immediately on my Windows computer because it does require you to plug into a USB-C port. Um, I tried to plug into a USB-A port, but because that A port doesn't have um, power delivery, um, the STM, which I believe they have built in like power delivery uh, sync support on like the STM32 series these days, it didn't detect power delivery uh, sourcing on the other side. And so it says, hey, you know, I can't guarantee that we'll have enough power. So um, you can't use power measurement mode. If you want to do that, you need to connect to something that has a USB-C plug. And there is one on my computer, but it's kind of on the back of the uh, tower. So instead, I went and uh, plugged it into my Mac. And, you know, the Macs have USB-C and it has power delivery. So it came up just fine. Um, then this is monitoring um, a Wi-Fi feather and you can see um it you know turns on there's a little bit of a spike it connects to wi-fi it uh is um active for a bit um just sort of sitting around like blinking an led and then it goes into sleep mode and then it goes into deep sleep mode so um this kind of cyclic behavior is really common especially something with bluetooth where you really are connecting for or uh, broadcasting for a very very short amount of time and then you're quiet for maybe up to a minute in between advertisements um, you want to make sure that you're you're accurately capturing exactly how much power is being drawn. Um, and then you know, what's nice is that this has a full range. So, you know, even uh, when you're using the um, source power measurement, even though it can supply up to 500 milliamps, it can also tell you down to um, the, I think this is the microjoule and microamp, how much power and current you're drawing. So it's good for the low current stuff too. That's where you usually have to pay a lot of money Historically, current monitors like this would cost a couple hundred dollars. Um, this is under a hundred bucks. It's a really great deal. And of course the software works on every operating system. Also not necessarily true of um, you know power monitors of old. Uh, I remember I bought one that was almost a thousand bucks. It was very good, but it was frustrating to spend that much on something that could easily break uh, and also didn't have uh, great software support. So this is a really nice step to see all these chip companies um, spending the effort to give us really good tools for their IoT platforms. Um, there's also another mode where you can uh, go into like ultra low power mode and you can measure um, not just amount of current, but how the overall power usage. You'll see it's monotonically increasing. It tells you how many joules you're using overall. Um, this can be good if you want to um, see how long it's going to take for your battery to die because you need to know the, you know how many joules your battery can provide um and you can see like hey how long is it going to get take until i get to that um dual level that uh my battery would run out so two different modes of thinking about current and then of course um i grabbed an stm32 board that i had offhand uh this one is a it's called a black pill and it's got on the end there the swd port so i started some wires and plugged it in and you know um, stm32 programming um worked just great it showed up i can observe the memory and of course um, you know, if I'm developing for the STM32, which I'm not currently, but if I was, you can uh, plug this into the debugger. And there's also apparently, if you're using Keel, it will synchronize between your step debugging and the power monitoring. So you can tell what part of your code is causing um, a power spike. So if you're like, hey, that's weird. It's using, it, you know, the power increases at this point. Why is that? Or it doesn't decrease at this point. You can set breakpoints, synchronize that with the power monitor, and it'll tell you, hey, um, the reason your power went up is you turned on the ADC and you forgot to turn it off. Um, or, you know, you're outputting to a pin that should be an input, but it's an output. And so your 
you know, sinking too much current into something. Um, that can be very handy if you're really trying to squeeze um, as much low power out of your uh, product as possible, which is a common engineering requirement. Um, this is a good timing for this tool to be released because you can actually get STM32 chips these days. I just quickly went to DigiKey and searched for STM32F4, a common family. And there's, uh, you know, 20,000, 30,000 in stock of some of the more popular parts like the F411 and 401. And then, of course, if you're going with the new um, G0 series, uh, there are hundreds of thousands in stock. So, um, you know, pick up some STMs, pick up a dev kit. They're very inexpensive. And check out, Sean did a uh, great video series, multiple parts on using STM32 cube, which is the IDE for STM32, and uh, learning how to blink, connect to the internet, control motors, whatever, with these very, very popular microcontrollers. All right, they're in stock. Well, they were in stock. They just went out of stock. because not in stock. They were in stock. <laughs> well, I got mine. <laughs> I hate to say that. Um, they were in stock earlier today, and they sold out um, because uh, they only had like 100 or so. But they'll be back in stock very soon. Uh, so do sign up at DigiKey. Um, I'm sure, you know, the first one is probably a small one just to get them into the hands of some developers. Um, but they are real. Uh, I have one here. Maybe I'll show it off the overhead real fast. Yeah, and then we'll also, uh, we have a video. Get a short video. So this is uh, the STM32 V3 Power. So it comes in a nice, complete case. Um, it's got LEDs to tell you what activity it's doing. This is the debug port. So this is for programming. So what I like about this is, uh, compared to like the PPK, this does programming as well as power. It's a two-in-one tool. And then this is the power output. So you can, um, it comes with a variety of cables, it comes with this cable, auxiliary power, as well as out, which is measured. And then there's also GPIO that you can use. And um, I, I know that there's an API actually to access these. So you could use this as like a USB to uh serial or USB to SPI or USB to I squared C converter if you so wished. Um, but most people I think are going to use this as a um, what it's designed for, which is debugging and programming your STM32 design while monitoring the power um, and being able to determine where and when you can optimize your power by um, step debugging while monitoring the current draw at the same time. All right. And then uh, let's do a little short video um, from ST. Hi there. Today, in many embedded applications, energy optimization is key, and developers put a lot of effort into trying to reduce the current consumption as much as possible. Are you looking for an easy way to keep an accurate track of the power consumption at your application at an affordable price? Well, we have the solution for you. Today, I am pleased to show you our new member of ST-Link family, the ST-Link V3 Power. So, what's new on this ST-Link? Well, on top of being a full-featured debugger and programmer, the new ST-Link V3 Power is compatible with all STM42 MCUs. It enables you to measure the current draw of your application ranging from 100 nanoamps to 500 milliamps with a resolution of plus minus 2 nanoamps. In addition to that, a separate power supply is not needed anymore since this ST-Link has the capability to power your target application up to 2 amps with a single wire. Now, do you want to see the ST-Link V3 Power in action? Let's check out our demo. Here we have our ST-Link V3 Power connected to one STM42U5 nuclear target, and we can see the energy consumption in real time using the STM42Q Monitor Power software tool. 
It's user-friendly, flexible, and you can do unlimited recordings and auto-scaling. You can also get an average measurement of every section, and it's possible to compute EMBC ULP benchmark scores. You may wonder, how is this ST-Link V3 power supported by the STM42 Cube ecosystem? Well, our new probe keeps all the programming and the backing feature of the ST-Link V3 family, and it's compatible with CubeID and CubeProgrammer, as well as for party IDs to ensure that you can take advantage of the environment of your choice. On top of that, this new ST- Yeah, so we'll link to the full video. That was the portion that made sense for uh, the MPI. So anyways, um, quad row 10 is the code. We're going to jump right into new products that are ready? Yes. Okay, we have um, some new stuff. And then we have kind of start the show. Let's kick it off right away. Okay. First up, it's a very, this is a really high res photo. This is a very, very, very tiny um, camera. So maybe go forward too. Yeah. So that's next to a quarter. It's tiny. This is like, um, you know, an inch by maybe like a quarter of an inch. It's a very, very small 640 by 480. USB camera, and it would be really useful for embedded projects, especially ones where you have, say, Linux or a computer where you've got, you know, USB that can read um, a video camera and you want a very, very small display. Also, some people uh, sometimes make projects that have, um, they're tethered to a computer, um, but you don't want the camera to be visible. You don't want like, a gigantic webcam. You want something like a pinhole camera. So this is it. It's like the smallest camera I could find. It's got a one millimeter um, connector and we have a USB to the connector cable that cables just a pass through. So if you want, you know, say you have like a Raspberry Pi computer or, you know, a smaller um, embedded Linux computer, you can actually wire it directly for a very small color camera interface. Um, you're not going to get super great quality, but, you know, definitely for some machine vision stuff, reading QR codes, uh, taking quick snapshots. Um, time lapses, environmental monitoring. Um, this is very small and very inexpensive. Uh, and because it doesn't come in an enclosure, it's easy to pot it or put it behind glass or what have you. So I think good for image and video products. Don't forget, you need something with USB host to connect to it. It will not work with a microcontroller. Next up. Next up, we've got some ratchets. Um, you know, we were talking about getting into small spaces and I thought I carry some right angle ratchet tools that would be really handy. So this is the first one. It's a bigger ratchet. It's a little bit less expensive. It comes with a whole mess load of bits. So yeah, we have the 33-bit version and I'll show the ratcheting action on the overhead. So it comes with bits and extender. Go to the overhead. Okay. Um, it comes with bits and an extender. So let me remove this protector. Oh, goodness. So there's uh, star, hex, and oops, this is star, this is hex, uh, star, allen, or hex, um, various uh, sizes of Phillips and various sizes of uh, flathead, and also, of course, square. You know, once in a while you end up with square. And then um, 
this has, you know, about an inch, inch and a quarter of clearance. Um, the ratchet you can set by pressing this. And so you can either, you know, you can either uh, do loosening or if you flip it, you can rotate it this way. So this is good for getting into really small spots, um, but with, um, you know, various adjustable um, uh, bits, depending on what you want to, to ratchet in. But let's say you're like, man, you know, that's that's a really nice tight fit right angle ratchet. What if I want something smaller and even thinner? Well, we've got that. The thinnest and most right angleist ratchet is the next thing. All right. This one, um, and Phil, you might remember we we first saw this when we went to Tokyo Hands, yeah. and I saw this ratchet kit and I and I picked one up. And since then I was like, you know, I've never been able to find it in the US. Um, and so I remembered that when I remembered it when we were looking for uh, some right angle ratchets and I actually found um, an importer that would let me buy this. So this is a, it doesn't have as many bits. It only has, you know, eight bits, but of course you can get other ones, but it is ridiculously thin. So wow. this is less than an inch. I think it's like 0.6 inches. So half the depth of this one. Okay. It does not get much thinner than this. Um, it's extremely um, well-designed and well-made. It's got uh, also ratcheting action, um, but very elegant. It's like actually kind of hard to, to test this because it's, it's so skinny. It's hard to grab onto something. Um, it will get into like any corner you need for sure. And it's um, designed in, and I believe also made in, in Japan by a Japanese company. That's why we originally saw it in Tokyo. Um, but a really, really nice miniature ratchet and also of course um very um small and lightweight so if you need to you know have a very tiny wrench kit that goes into your toolkit um i initially actually after we got the one i had from tokyo hands which i still have downstairs it's in my bike toolkit i was using it to um do uh, uh bike adjustments because it was so small i could put it in my little um carrier bag attached to my bike frame but uh not only good for bikes good for anything um and of course comes with a variety of bits this one comes with a couple of uh, hex bits as well as two flathead and pH 1, pH 2, and pH 3 Phillips head. Okay. Um, and then the story of the show tonight, besides Yuli Data, our team, our customers, our community is quad rotary. So much rotary. It's the code because it's so quadraphonic. Um, if you like rotary encoders and you want to connect a lot of them to your project, you'll quickly run out of timers or uh, interrupt pins. Um, how to do it? You could use one of these quad rotary encoder um, breakout boards that we've designed. We have uh, ones that have been with um, one rotary encoder, but this one has four. Um, that comes with a, a blank PCB, so you, you decide what encoders you want to solder in. There's also NeoPixels underneath. Um, I'll show an example of that. If you have clear shafted encoders, which are not that common, but if you do happen to have them, the NeoPixels will shine out the top, which is super neat. Um, and then the rotary encoders are read by an onboard ATtiny microcontroller and then converted to I2C that you can query. So you connect it up to your microcontroller, microcomputer, you know, Raspberry Pi is great because it can't even read encoders at all. Um, it doesn't have the real-time um, GPIO control. Or you can connect it to your uh, Pico or CircuitPython or MicroPython, whatever, and read the four encoders and control the NeoPixels. So I'll just show the demo 
on um, this overhead real fast. Hold on, let me reset it. There's nothing worse than uh -oh. live demo. Um, okay, so you've got uh, rotary encoders, and then of course, um, these are just metal ones um, that I've soldered in. I don't have the knobs on, but imagine there's knobs. Also, you know, by the way, you don't have to have them soldered indirectly here. If you have large rotary encoders, like we showed the really big, like 60 millimeter encoders, you can just solder the three wires to here and then use this as an encoder reader. It does not have to be, you know, these standard PEC 11 footprint encoders. Um, although if you do want to use them, they're ready to go. And this is the four by one inch uh, footprint, which matches with our other um, long stem QT boards. And then again, if you happen to have, and I have like one sample here of a um, encoder that has a clear shaft, we don't stock these yet, but hopefully soon I'll, I'll be able to get some. Um, then the NeoPixel uh, shines through and you can use a translucent knob um, to have the uh, the color nice. uh, come through. So this is like, you know, green. I mean, it's incredibly bright. But That's nice. You can, you can see. It's not actually as bright in person. It's just like collimated out the end. Yeah. Uh, so you have nice uh, pink knobs. So this is, um, you know, an easy, easy way to add a ton of encoders. There's also on the bottom of the board uh, three address jumpers you can cut. So you can connect up to eight of these at the same time and get um, just like a ridiculous number of encoders. And there's also an interrupt pin, which you can have toggle when um, either the uh, button is pressed. So you, you you know press the button and here it, it's detecting the um, encoder switch or when the encoder is rotated. And that way you're not spamming the I squared C ask it constantly. Hey, has something changed? Has something changed? You can do that, of course, but if you want to save I squared C and get uh, better performance, um, you listen to the interrupt pin and it will tell you, but then, you know, you have to wire one more pin up to your um, quad encoder breakout. So uh, all the encoders, encoder away. Uh, we've got code for Arduino and CircuitPython for this board. So it's uh, it's ready to rock. Just don't forget, you need to pick up four encoders to go with it. Okay. And that is new products this week. Rotate, rotate, rotate. Rotate, rotate, rotate. New, 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 new. Rotate, rotate, rotate. New, 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 new. All right. Well, don't forget the uh, code is quadrotin. Now it all makes sense. Um, you can post your questions up on Discord. We're going to do some top secret and then we're going to answer some questions that we're going to balance. Let's do some top secret. Yeah. Okay. Um, top secret. The first is a little bit of an update. Uh, here's our kiddo with the uh, first ever Wi-Fi enabled Python powered baby toy. Um, here is a little clip. This is playing Taylor Swift Calm Down, kind of fitting for a kid, you know, when you're fussy. She's a little calm down. Sometimes. So that was the board, um, and we mentioned that earlier. You could check out uh, our posts about it as well. Uh, we'll probably have it in the store pretty soon. And then we're gonna play a couple of videos. One is uh, testing of one of our new products, and the other one is the new um, Arduino that just came out. And then we'll uh, talk about an upcoming thing that 
Lee Data was just working on. All right, Lee Data, what is this? Here's a new port coming out soon. It's the Neo Rotary 4. It adds four, count them, four rotary encoders with switches uh, with a little coprocessor and Stemma QT. This is the prototype in green. And of course, the final version in gothy Adafruit Black. Uh, looking good, and then of course um, using my Metro M4 as the programmer. This has a Cortex M0, which does the UPDI programming to program those boards. So pop it on here. I like using mounting holes also as alignment pegs um, for uh, the test jig, and uh, it's already programmed it. And then to verify it works, you know, it, it beeps, it lights up this green LED. And it makes the four NeoPixels glow. So I know that this is ready and programmed to go to the Adafruit shop hopefully this week. Data, what is this? We just got one of these new Arduino Uno R4 Wi-Fi boards. And uh, in addition to some cool LEDs and of course Wi-Fi via an ESP, there's also a quick port, uh, which is also compatible with our STEM IQT board. Ooh, which means you can plug and play boards. This would be great for IoT because you've got the Wi-Fi, this powerful chip, um, you know, an arm core inside, and then you know you want to add, say, a temperature and humidity sensor, an OLED. Uh, you just plug and play it right in, uh, no soldering required. So if I wanted, I could have this upload to Adafruit I/O or the Arduino Cloud or AWS um, without any soldering. So I think like we're really getting to a next generation of IoT platforms where um, anyone can get data and upload it to the internet without coding and without soldering. A wonderful day here in America. Okay, and then uh, I'll be posting this up later, but this is something you're working on now. Um, yeah, so this is, you know, an ancient, ancient board. This is like from like early 2020 um, that I designed a board for the ICN 6211, which is a, a DSI slash uh, MIPI um, one or two lane to uh, TTL TFT converter chip and it's you know fairly inexpensive but it was totally unavailable for quite a bit or it was hard to get and so I was uh I kind of just didn't want to work on this anymore so I put it aside but um the chip's available again so you can see like this is something else you sent me this is the commit history where you can see it's like I worked on it mid 2020 and then yeah. you know gave up for three years but uh there's nothing more fun than spring cleaning on an old board so I'm going to um uh, bring this back to life. So this is the dev kit. So we have A, and then once I get it going, I'll probably uh, clean it up and make it a little bit more elegant. All right. That's up secret sweet. We're going to roll right into questions. We have a few lined up. Feel free to post any others in Discord. First up, Lady Ada, I'm going to go, I'm going to skip around a little bit since we just had um, some videos that we played. Is it difficult to pick and place the board for the ESP32 baby toy PCB? Just wondering since it's a little odd shape and not normal square rectangle design. It's not bad actually because the top and the bottom are flat and as long as, although, you know, we have round boards that we pick and place. Yeah. You just have to have these little like things that come out and, and grab with little mouse bites. But if there's two flat edges, it's really easy because you put them on railings and then you break it off the railing. Sure. Um, oh, I can do the next one. Adabox shipping this year, um, still recovering from uh, chip shortage and then redesigning everything that goes into the Adaboxes, plural. Um, this next Adabox, we'll let everybody know, but it's happening um, this year for sure. Uh, that's why we have the like Adabox returns, um, kind of like Return of the Jedi poster that we made. Um, <laughs> next up, 
uh, question for Ask an Engineer. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Uno R4 with Wi-Fi? When will it run CircuitPython? Well, I can answer some of this. We have that little video. We're really excited about the Stemma Quick Connector Yay. because we had asked for that forever because we're like, hey, Arduino, like that'll unlock a lot of hardware for people because a lot of folks aren't going to get that or use the, the maker connector. So that, that's exciting. And then as far as CircuitPython goes, um, I put this in the chat. I would like to talk to Renaissance, the company um, who makes the chip, and see if they're interested in doing like a community grant or having the entire CircuitPython community work together to do a port. That would be kind of nice. Yeah. Um, Maybe not for that say. particular chip, but that family. There's other ones in that family yeah. that have much more RAM would be a good good match for MicroPython yeah. or CircuitPython. Is there an Arduino core for the NXP IMX RT1011 Metro M7? There is not. We have CircuitPython support. Um, but there is, we're not supporting it on Arduino at this time. Okay. Do the clear shaft encoders have a button too? They do not. That's the trade-off okay. because they have to, they don't have some backing, right? They, the shaft goes all the way through. It's clear. All right. Questions, recommendation, oh, question, recommendation for lead-free solder. Um, you know, any, any lead-free solder would be fine. The ones we have in the shop are good. I think we also covered uh, lead-free uh, solder on, um, the great search. So you can check out the video that we did. We, we spot a couple good ones. Yeah. Um, what's the fastest the quad speed uh, board can go in MicroHertz? It's for human encoders, not for uh, robotic encoders. I haven't tested with robotic encoders. Gotcha. And power boost, when are we going to have those back in stock, you think? I don't know. You got to ask TI when they're going to ship me more chips because that's what we're waiting for. TI, um, if you're keeping score, was the frequent flyer on the chip shortage video series we did. They were. They, we have. I'm not even sure that they will ever make those chips again, but they, they did ship us a couple thousand and we put them in the store. Yeah. Um, and we we shipped some back orders, but yeah, the power boosts are some of the ones that are they're waiting on chips. They they haven't come in. Okay. Uh, when you have a gut feeling that there's a problem with your PCB you've designed, you haven't ordered yet, but you can't see an obvious error. What do you do? Spend hours looking for potentially managing problems, or YOLO and possibly waste money. Thanks for all the work you do. So sort of with the lead. I send it out because it's like you know you want to get immediate feedback on what does work, um, even if you're not sure. It's I find that it's not you know if you think about how much your time's worth, uh, most engineers would say their time is worth at least fifty dollars an hour. Um, prototypes cost about fifty bucks if. If you don't think you're going to find something in the next hour for sure, you might as well send it out. Okay. Um, I think that is... Any products for smart homes? Check out the Funhouse. It's an all-in-one sensor designed for home yeah. automation. Well, I would say even better than a product is check out Whippersnapper, our IoT service, our no-code, low-code service, and also Adafruit.io. Because a lot of the smart home things you don't really control, and some of them um, are really intense to get into. It's not just like, here's something I want to do, like, tell me if my basement's flooding. That's a very single serving thing that you don't necessarily want, like an entire um, new lifestyle <laughs> of, of installing and maintaining software or a commercial solution, which is like, maybe they turn it off one day. That's something that I would say, figure out the type of things you want to do and then look at our guides a lot of things that i see that people want to know is like i just want to know if i left my garage door open after mm -hmm. i leave like that's it i don't want anything else i don't want like that's what i want i don't want to i have other things in my house but i just want that to to, to work um let's see i think that is it okay 
that is our show for the night everyone thank you so much for joining us uh special thanks to jesse may who's behind the scenes i believe and our adafruit uh chat channel yeah uh, helping our team out and the community and the folks that are uh, purchasing things thank you so much don't forget the code is quadrotin we will see everybody next week this has been an adafruit production here is your moment of zener thanks everybody have Bye -bye. a great night